be in the book of Joshua, chapter number six. Joshua, chapter number six this morning. Thankful for all of you that's in the house with us today. I know some are unable to be with us today, and uh, they have other obligations. We understand that, but then we also have some that are... Uh, got some family members that are sick. I would encourage you to pray for Sister Geneva and her husband. He's been in the hospital the last few days, and God is touching him. He is getting better, but they could still use our prayers. Uh, so, and then as well as Sister Mary Lou, Norm, I did get a message this morning. He is going to get to come home today, but he's been in the hospital the last couple of days as well. So uh, we need to continue to pray for them. If you would, I know they would appreciate it as well. But this morning for a little while, I won't keep you long. I'll just keep you till I'm done. How's that? Is that all right? And, uh, but uh, I'll do my best uh, to deliver to you what the Lord has placed in our hearts for today. But uh, for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the Sabbath day. Uh, and maybe you'll understand that a little better here in just a few moments. But uh, in the book of Joshua, we're finding that things are changing. Things are changing. Uh, shifting the children of Israel has now been uh, on a journey. It was an 11-day journey that turned into a 40-year journey. Anybody ever start something, think it'd just take a little while and find out that it's just been ongoing and ongoing? And yeah, I, I think we all could probably relate to that. And uh, But they find themselves in a place where they had experienced the blessings of God, but yet they had still not yet obtained the promises of God that had been given to them. And we find that 40 years has now passed and their leader has passed and Joshua is now taking the reins and things are seeming to change. And we're going to deal with that this morning, but but we're going to uh, start in chapter number six. And if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word. If you're not, I totally understand. But in honor of the word this morning, Joshua chapter number six, verse number one, I'm going to start in verse number one. And we're going to jump down through the first 20 verses just to lay a foundation this morning, if, uh, if you'll bear with me. It says, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I've given into the hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. So now Joshua arose, called the priest, and he simply said this to them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and compass the city, and let them that is armed pass on before the ark. And it come to pass that when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn passed on before the Lord and blew the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. 
And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after them, came after the ark, and the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. However, verse number 10, Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall you shout. So verse number 11, so the ark of the Lord can pass the city going about at once and they came into the camp and they lodged and they did this the first six days and we find that then on the seventh day they can pass the city seven times. But in verse number 15, and it come to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day. Somebody say about the dawning of the day. And they can pass the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they can pass the city seven times. And it come to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Verse number 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets, and it come to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house today. Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint this vessel of clay. Lord, to speak that which you birthed in my spirit over the last several days. Lord, help me to decrease so that you can increase. Lord, I pray that our ears would be open, our hearts would be receptive, and our spirits would be made alive this morning. And we'll give you the praise and glory for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Many of you are somewhat familiar, if not very familiar, with this passage of Scripture. However, today I pray that our familiarity with this passage will not cause us to miss what God would want to speak to us in this season today. I would first like to bring to your attention this morning that when a new day is dawning, we are entering into a period in which a new season has been birthed. While it is said that there is nothing new under the heavens, we understand that there is times and seasons that change throughout the course of life. I would have you to understand with me this morning that when there is a dawning of a new day, it is a time or a period of time that has yet to be documented in the pages of history. This day has never been before. Therefore, there is no documentation about this day, but you and I are writing the history today. Now... May I remind us what our Bible tells us about seasons and periods of time. Ecclesiastics chapter number 3 verse number 1 says to everything, not some things, but to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. 
Now, you say, why is that important? You and I also receive instructions from the word of the Lord. It says this, lean not unto your own understanding. You and I cannot afford, as men and women of faith, to lean to our own understanding in this season because we need to know what is the purpose under the heavens for this hour and this time. We see the children of Israel has now been circling for 40 years and still had not yet received the promises concerning the land of Canaan. The man of God, Moses, has died. A generation has been buried in a wilderness. And now under the new leadership of Joshua, they are receiving new instructions. Joshua had told them it's time for us to advance and go and to possess that which was promised to our fathers. Now we could begin in Joshua chapter number one and walk all the way through in great detail this morning, but for the sake of time, I just want to run through it very quickly. We find that in Joshua chapter one, that the word of the Lord come to Joshua after Moses was dead. And he simply said, be strong and be very courageous. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. He said in verse number eight of that chapter, he said, do not go to the right or to the left, but stay true to who I am and what I've given you to do. We find that upon hearing that charge and accepting that responsibility and understanding the word of the Lord to be alive and real for him and the people of that time, he simply heard these words, every place that you put your foot, I will give you. So we find that Joshua begins to move, not in his own understanding, but in faith believing. We find that because in chapter number two, he sends out two spies to go out and to spy Jericho. And as they go, they find that when they get to Jericho, things is really differently than what they have perceived them to be. Notice with me, we see after the children of Israel has been circling for 40 years and understanding that there's all kinds of obstacles in front of them, not knowing how everything was going to play out. But when these spies got to a particular house that where Rahab lived, we find that this is what they heard in chapter number two, verse number nine through verse number 11. She said unto the men, after she had hid them upon the rooftop, she said, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Think about it. And that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you come out of Egypt. I want to pause there for a moment. How many years prior had it been since the Red Sea had been dried up? They would have just started their journey. So for year after year after year, we don't know exactly how quickly the news traveled to Jericho, but I would say rather quickly because that was a major event that the Red Sea stood up on heaps and people crossed over on dry ground. Nobody ever done that before. That wasn't something that was disregarded, but that was top front page news. And now for years... The people in Jericho realized that, listen, they're coming our way. And they had been living in a place of terror and fear, saying, we know if they ever come here, we can't defeat them. But yet for years, God's people circled in a wilderness. I think that's interesting this morning. 
But it says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, and when you came out of Egypt, and what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites. And it says in verse 11, and as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts didn't melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. For years, notice with me, Jericho was ripe for the taking, but the people of Israel wasn't positioned to take it. We find that when you get to chapter number three, God's people begins to hear instructions and they began to be prompted to move by faith based on what Joshua was hearing from the Lord. We find in chapter number three that they crossed over the Jordan. But before they crossed, there was a message that came to them through their leader. It says, sanctify yourself because the Lord is going to do wondrous works for you tomorrow. But before that, they said, you need to get up and sanctify yourself, purify yourself. So we find that this begins to happen. In chapter 3, we know that once again, water is parted for the children of Israel. They cross over the Jordan, but then after they step out, they have to go back in and they grab 12 stones and they make a monument so that they can celebrate and memorialize the miracle that was uh, done on their behalf. And we find after that, you begin to go to chapter number four, and we read of all of the celebration that is taking place because of what has, God has done for them. But now they are standing on the outside of a city that is a great walled city, Jericho. Fear has paralyzed the hearts of the people because of the simple fact that children of God are there. And as you read in chapter number six this morning, there was none going in and none going out. But however, there had to be some motivation. There had to be some things develop. And we find that at the chapter, the end of chapter number five, that Joshua sees a man standing and says, are you for us or for you against us? And he simply says, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. And he says, take your shoes off because you're on holy ground. Now we find that upon doing that, Joshua hears these words that I read to you this morning at the beginning. Simply says, and I'll paraphrase for the sake of time, Joshua, I want you to take these people. I want you to advance further. I want you to go to, and I want you to begin to circle the city of Jericho. You're going to do it for six days. You're going to walk one time for six days uh, of the morning. But then on the seventh day, I want you to do something different. I'm going to ask you to do it differently. I'm going to ask you to walk seven times around. But in this time of process that's going on, I don't want anybody speaking. I don't want anybody doing anything until you give them a command to shout. Now, how many knows this is going to take a lot of faith? This is going to take a lot of dependence upon the Lord. And we find that Joshua in the process of hearing and having this encounter at the end of chapter number five with the captain of the Lord's host, we find that immediately he begins to respond in faith. Uh, and he simply gives instructions to the priest and he gives instruction to the children of Israel and he says, listen, I need you to begin to walk and I need you to begin to trust in the things of God. We do not have any account where he tells them in detail what they're going to do and how they're going to do and when they're going to do. All we have in scripture is this, uh, 
Joshua receives a word. He relays that word and simply says to the priest, he says, listen, I need you to get the ram's horns. I need you to get the Ark of the Covenant. I need the men of war to get in front of you. And I need you to walk around the city. We're going to do that. Then we're going to come back to camp. They did that for six days. Uh, But on the seventh day, and that's what we're going to talk about for a few moments this morning, is the seventh day. Uh, On the dawning of the seventh day, the Bible says, and we read it this morning, it simply says in verse number 15, and it come to pass on the seventh day that they arose early about the dawning of the day. And it simply says that they compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it come to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets that Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Now, you say, what does all of this mean? When we come to this place in Scripture, we find that his willingness at this moment in time is setting the stage for the dawning of something to happen. Not just another day, but a new season for God's people. For six days, we see the children of Israel. They walk around Jericho without their voices being heard. I would like to think that there was a time that needed to change. There was a, the atmosphere needed to be purified, so to speak. Because uh, you have to realize these people had murmured and complained for 40 years. They, they had always said, well, what if? Or why not? But there had to be a purification uh, of the atmosphere. So the Lord says to Joshua, what I'm getting ready to do, there has to be a change about the everyday behavior that this group of people has got to accustom to and learn to uh, uh, operate in. So he says, listen, uh, you're going to give them instructions. You're going to walk around this city uh, and you're going to experience a mighty miracle. uh, But I don't want anybody speaking. I don't want their voices to be heard. uh, because uh, there is something that is changing in this moment of time. Uh, Now we find that for six days as they walked, there was no voices heard. Uh, There was nothing transpiring. Uh, But we find that on this day, uh, about the dawning of the seventh day, uh, they began to compass the city. I don't know how it played out that morning. Uh, I don't know if Joshua stood up and said, okay, today's a little different. Uh, We're going to walk as we've done the last six days, but we're going to do it seven times. Uh, Or if he just got up and started walking and when they thought they was going to quit, he said, no, let's go again. I don't know how that transpired. All I know uh, is that he had given them this instruction uh, that I want you to walk and I want you to be silent. I don't want you to say anything uh, until I bid you to shout. Uh, He didn't tell them it would be the seventh day. He didn't tell them it'd be the eighth day or the fifth day. He just told them, you need to trust what God is doing. Uh, Can I tell you sometimes we want to have all of the answers on the front end. Uh, But we got to get back to a place uh, where we understand that God will tell us uh, what we need to know when we need to know it. Uh, And we find that as he begins to walk, it says on the seventh time, at the seventh day, when there's a long blast with the ram's horn, uh, all of a sudden uh, there's a voice uh, that penetrates the atmosphere. It is the voice of Joshua. And his voice uh, simply says, Shout, uh, for the Lord has given you 
the city. Uh, now, at that moment, uh, there's a decision that has to be made by the people of God. Uh, they have not been permitted to speak now for seven days. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, they hear these words, shout, uh, for the Lord has given you the city. Uh, they're not doing anything differently than what they had done before. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, uh, they are circling, uh, and they hear that I have an opportunity, uh, and they had to make a decision. Will I be silent or will I raise my voice? And in that moment, it says that they shouted with a great shout and you know the story that the walls fell flat in front of them. But notice with me, we see in that moment, the silence was broken with a shout, but not just any shout. But it was a shout of faith that caused walls to crumble. And not only was it a shout of faith, uh, but it was a shout of obedience. Uh, I come to tell somebody today, uh, oftentimes our unwillingness uh, to break the silence uh, is the reason for our defeat. Uh, I sincerely believe this morning uh, that there are victories uh, that we have not yet witnessed uh, because we're still waiting to see uh, the miracle before we shout. Uh, but you have to understand this morning, uh, it is our shout uh, that produces the manifestation of the miracle. God had already produced the miracle in the spirit realm. He said, I've already given you the city. He had gave them the city nearly 40 years before, but there had never been a manifestation of the strong-walled city falling down until somebody began to operate in faith and obedience. i got to tell somebody this morning, it's time to shake off the mess and shake off the junk and realize uh, this is not a walk of sight. Uh, it's still called a walk of faith. Uh, but you'll never walk in faith uh, until you come to a place where you're willing to obey the word of God. Uh, and when you obey the word of God, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it, doesn't, it cannot be intellectually explained. Uh, but when somebody begins to read the word uh, and the word becomes alive uh, and it gets inside of you, uh, you begin to walk differently, talk differently, live differently. Uh, and you say, I don't understand it all. Uh, but by by faith, I'll lift up my voice. By faith, I'll lift up my hand. I know it doesn't look right right now. I know the doctor's report isn't good. I know that the checkbook may look terrible, but by faith, I'm going to shout. And I'm telling you, things change when you shout in faith. Hear me this morning. The seventh day, while well, we've been doing things, we've been walking, we've been saying... But at the same time, while I am thankful for yesterday's miracles, please, I celebrate them. I am more concerned about the present. I recently saw, this, is, this blows me away. Last year, seven out of 10 people in the United States of America, this is what they tell me, seven out of 10 people went on Google and tried to figure out how to deal with depression. Seven out of 10. Lord help us. But yet we're spirit filled on our way to heaven. What's happening? We've got strongholds. We've got bondages. 
And we've got an enemy that says, you can't get any further than this right here. See what I've built in front of you? You could never get beyond. But we don't have Joshua, but we have Jesus. And he still says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Is it possible? Our silence is our biggest enemy. Is it possible this morning? Notice our victory is not hinged on how mean this big bad devil is. No. Our victory is hinged on you and I choosing to obey and to operate in faith based upon the word of the Lord. Notice with me. I realize this may make a few of us nervous today, but we are in the dawning of a new era and of a new day. Now, what is this new season going to look like? This new era going to look like for you, for me, for our nation, for the nations of the world? I believe it can be said in this manner, it will be determined by how you and I respond to this word. Will we walk in obedience and will we respond in faith? Can I tell you today that what most of us call operating in faith is not faith at all? I've heard for years and it was brought back to my attention again just a few days ago by a pastor friend of mine. And he said, for years, I thought that I operated in faith. And he said, I come to realize I didn't operate in faith. He said, I realized I didn't have hardly any faith. And he said, he said, it was a life-changing moment for me. He said, because when I would get up in front of my church and I would tell people, hey, I, we're going to do this and we're going to do this by faith. He said, we do it by faith based on what I knew what I could contribute and I knew what four or five other people in the church could contribute and said, okay, by faith, we're going to do that. He said, that wasn't faith. He said, I was still leaning upon what I knew I could do in myself. You see, when you and I begin to operate in faith, it begins to change everything. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There's a lot of things I don't see. However, I choose to be silent concerning them. Notice we have been led to believe that men are able to meet our needs and to provide the things that we need in this season. But I come to tell you that's not true. Our source is still God and God alone. I'm not here to be political this morning, but I'm going to say something to you very clearly this morning. The church needs to get its hope out of a particular party and get its hope back in Jesus. For our nation to become what God wants it to be in this hour. You can talk about blue waves, red waves, or no waves at all, whatever you want. But all I will tell you this, there's a particular party that says we're conservative and we're Christian friendly and all these types of things. But can I tell you, 
their ideal of being conservative and being sensitive to the things of God is so far off base that it is now leading us to a place that's very dangerous. Shortly after this election, even less than 48 hours after the election we just went through, there was 12 senators of the Republican Party that went and signed their name and joined their name with some of the most radical men on the other side of the aisle for a deceiving bill that says the Respect for Marriage Act. Listen, I will respect and love everybody no matter what lifestyle they choose to live, but do not think you're going to control what I say from this platform concerning traditional marriage. Why do I say that is because many of the people in the church that pulled the lever for 12 of those people that has a little R by their name thought they was doing a great justice. They wasn't doing a great justice because you didn't know who you was pulling the neighbor for the name or let me tell you this this morning. They're our enemy. So don't put your hope in a particular party. And I'm not, I'm not promoting one party over the other. I'm just saying this. We are to vote biblically. Biblically. Now we're in danger again. In America of having to go back as the church and redo if this goes through in the manner they want it to do we're gonna to have to go through again just to try to protect ourselves from a bunch of garbage that should have never been and redo bylaws and all kinds of stuff because listen they're trying to come after religious liberty and freedom we better wake up and realize we need God Amen. now that's not my message I'll get back to my message I wasn't planning on saying that but okay God I did it Hear me, we've got to get back to a place where we understand who we are. We've got to get back to a place where we understand it's not enough just to come to the house of God and sing a song. It's not enough just to come and hear a message, but we've got to begin to be who God's calling us to be, and that's going to take us walking in obedience and operating in faith. Israel would have never saw the walls of Jericho fall, please hear me, if they had not responded to the command from Joshua. Is it possible today that we're not seeing walls fall in our life because we're choosing to disobey the very fundamentals of the faith that God has given us? Is it possible, even though it was God's desire for them to advance, that they would have never moved beyond where they was if they had remained silent? Here's what I'm saying to you today. I come to tell you that I believe with everything in me that over the last several days that I've heard the Lord clearly say in my spirit, that I am moving my people into a seventh-day season. And I'll expound on that a little bit later as we get closer to the beginning of the year. But in Exodus chapter number 24, notice with me, it was six days the clouds covered Mount Sinai. But it was on the seventh day that the voice of the Lord came out of the cloud and told Moses to come up here. Can I tell you there's something about the seventh day? Notice in Genesis chapter 2, you will find, in Genesis chapter number 2, you will find that there is a scripture in verse number 3. It says, and God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. What am I saying? I'm saying this. God is a God of structure. God is a God of order. There's certain things he can do. Day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4, day 5, and day 6. Uh, but there's something different about a seventh day in the eyes of God. 
It's a place that's holy. It's a place that's sanctified. It's a place that's set apart. It's a place where miracles happen. It's a place where release has come. Can I tell you that before they could ever get to the place of the dawning of the seventh day, uh, I I skipped over it in Joshua chapter number five. There had to be a cutting away of the foreskin of every male uh, because of the simple fact they had been born in a wilderness. uh, And they said, before you can go in and take the promise, you've got to go through a process of circumcision. You've got to cut away the things. Uh, You've got to get rid of the flesh. You've got to get rid of the wilderness of where you've been because you can't go in and take the promise uh, concerning what I've given to your fathers uh, if you're in this condition. Can I tell you, uh, there's some things in our future, uh, and I'm not talking about distant future, but I'm talking about the right now near future uh, that we cannot possess uh, unless we go back through the spiritual circumcision uh, where the flesh begins to be cut away from our lives uh, because we are not just a fifth day or a sixth day, uh, but we're coming into a seventh day, uh, and as we're at the dawning of the seventh day, uh, can I tell you, uh, you got to never forget number seven, numerology, all throughout scripture. Uh, It's a time of fulfillment. Uh, It's a time of completion. Uh, I stand before you today and tell you uh, that we are entering into a time uh, of prophetic fulfillment for the latter day church. Uh, What we read about, uh, that there will be a day where the former and the latter come together, uh, We are now in that moment. Uh, We have been entering into that moment for some time. Uh, But can I tell you, uh, since the early church stood uh, in Acts chapter number 2, and they began to experience the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, in the upper room, uh, can I tell you, we are now 2,000 years beyond. Uh, We are in the latter moments. Uh, The return of the Lord is ever near. Uh, 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 Paul said this, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Uh, It is nearer now than yet you believe. Can I tell you, uh, but before he comes, uh, there is uh, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. Uh, But listen, uh, it doesn't just happen any place, but it happens where somebody by faith uh, will begin to lift up a shout of obedience uh, and simply say, God, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get beyond it, uh, but God, I'm going to trust in you. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, uh, there's about to be a sound that is released from the people of God that's going to change the landscape of our world. Listen, Jane mentioned it just a moment ago. The prophet Elijah, he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand, but it's unique where he saw it. It was coming up out of the sea. Prophetically, that means it was coming up out of the congregation of the people. Can I tell you, after a season of famine, after a season of dryness, after a season where everything was shut up, nothing going in and nothing going out uh, for the last three years because of COVID, uh, can I tell you, uh, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Uh, it's not created by a political party. Uh, it's not created by the intellect of men. Uh, but it is God is saying in this hour uh, and in this season, uh, I need somebody to shout by faith. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, there are some things that's going to fall. Paul told Timothy, stir it up, Timothy. I'm going to be as nice as I can this morning, and I'm going to look at you dead in the eye and tell you, stir it up, Timothy. 
Quit waiting on a preacher. Quit waiting on a singer. Uh, quit waiting on a conference. Uh, quit waiting on a revival. Quit waiting on Brother Wonderful and Sister Altogether Lovely. Uh, just reach down in there by faith and stir it up uh, and say, God, uh, I'm trusting you in this season. I just want to make a proclamation to you this morning. He is still a promise keeper. He is still a way maker. He is still a blind man healer. He is still the beautiful Rose of Sharon. He is still the bright and morning star. Uh, he is still a sea walker. Uh, he is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what you could ever ask or think. Uh, there is nothing that is too hard for him this morning. All throughout scripture, we see seven to be significant. It is on the seventh day that he rested and it was on the seventh day that he instructed us that we are to keep it holy and our willingness to walk in obedience in this season, please hear me, is the defining factor of our future. While the children of Israel were silenced for six days, it was their great shout of obedience and faith that caused walls to fall. Well, I'm not an expert on numerology. I believe I can stand with confidence and tell you this morning that there's a fulfillment of his prophetic word that's getting ready to come in this hour. And that means there is new territory and there is new advancements for the gospel in this season. I'm not going to go deep into this, but I am going to take a moment and visit it just to pique your curiosity. I began to think, God, how... How and why? Why are we saying now and all these types of things? And I began to just do some research and study. And it didn't take me long to find that there is another group of people. Can I tell you that we are, we are spirit beings with a temporary fleshly body. Natural. We're here only for a vapor. And while we have to be very careful that we don't get off base... We have to make sure that we're been led by the Spirit of God and not a spirit of Antichrist that is already present in this world and is moving the lives of many. I find out that there is a spiritual world that is very much alive. And while the spiritual world is very much alive, I will say this, the people that are least aware of it is those that should be the most aware of it, and that's the church. For not careful. But you and I, if we have done any reading and studying at all, we'll find that there is a group of people that love to play in a spirit world. And it's been more manifested now than it's ever been in recent history. I heard a, I don't want to get off track, I won't go there. But in this season, I realized, God, if you're going to do something, you're doing something in the spirit, I want to know what it is. And I want to know how, it, how I can validate what you're saying and those types of things. So I began to realize, you know what? If God is doing something, then the enemy is going to try to counter and is going to try to take credit for it and all types of things. Because that's all he knows. He, he's, he can't be an original. He's, he's always trying to figure out. And therefore, he operates his kingdom based on the principles of the kingdom of heaven because that's all he's ever known. So 
I began to do some research and study, and I find out that we're not even at the end of 2022 yet. And already, the sorcerers, the warlocks, the witches, and all of those individuals that's playing in that world. And let me insert this. If you're letting your children, grandchildren, dabble in some things, you better stop. And I don't think I need to go any further than that, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people sitting in the church every Sunday lifting their hands and saying, I love Jesus, but yet they let all kinds of ungodly garbage go on in their home every day. And they said, well, it's just a game. No, it's not a game. It's a spiritual world that's trying to destroy your children and trying to bring your home into bondage. But I found out that already they have tried to take, and they're running with this thing, 2023 is the year of seven. I thought, what in the world? Two plus two is four plus three, so it makes it a year of seven. It's a year of fulfillment. It's a year of completion. It's a year where we're going to accomplish what we want. I thought, interesting. I come to tell you this morning that I believe that it is a year of seven, a year of fulfillment, a year of completion. But not in the manner that they think it is. But I think it's a year of prophetic fulfillment concerning our children. And that's why our children have been under attack in such a manner over the last six months of their life. Can I tell you, we're in a place right now where we're not fighting for, for religious organizations. We're not fighting for a church service, but we're fighting for a generation. And I come to tell you this morning very clearly that we are at the dawning of the seventh day. And that's why how you respond and how I respond in this season, in the fleeting last moments of this year, is going to determine how we begin a brand new year in 2023. Listen, you can enter into 2023 in a place of bondage, or you can enter into a place of freedom. Hear me. But it's all going to be based on what will you do with what the Lord is saying in the now. Notice with me, the children of Israel could have walked seven times. They could have walked 50 times on that seventh day. And nothing would have ever happened. It wasn't until they shouted with a great shout. Some of you are waiting on a miracle. And you said this, I will shout when my miracle comes. You will never shout. But your shout is going to manifest the miracle that God has already done 2,000 years ago at Calvary. Can I tell you today, there is a place, I feel the anointing of the Lord this morning. I know it's a little different. And I knew I had to fight through some things this morning, but that's okay. Can I tell you this morning, I am, I am putting on the arm of the Lord in this season to tell you that this is not a time for you and I to be weary. This is not a time for you and I to be silent, but this is a time for you and I to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil and realize this, this isn't day two, this isn't day three, but this is the dawning of the seventh day. I'm no Joshua, I'm no Moses, I'm just a man that has surrendered his life to the Lord, that has come to learn that, God, if you say it, I'll speak it. And this is what I've come to say this morning. 
God is calling his people to a place. And he's calling them to stand and shout in faith. And it's your faith. Not anybody else's faith. It's your faith that is going to cause the miracle to be manifested in your presence. How can you validate that as they come to the music this morning? I want to leave you with this story. There was a man by the name of Darius. He had a 12-year-old daughter that was sick, laying at the point of death. He had heard of a man named Jesus. And he went and he said, if you'll come to my house, my girl will live. That was a statement of faith. As they began to take this journey together, all of a sudden there's an interruption. And you know the story if you've read your Bible any at all. There was a woman with an issue of blood that had been going since that little girl had been born for 12 years. And she had touched the hem of his garment and she had made hold immediately. But in the midst of seeing that wonderful celebration for that lady, there was a message that arrived to Darius and simply said, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter is now dead. But Jesus turns. In the midst of the proclamation of death, in the midst of one of the darkest hours that a father could ever experience, and he says this to him, believe only, and your faith will make her whole. He didn't say, I would make her whole, but no, he said, your faith. What he was telling Jairus is this. Jairus, if you will have that shout of faith, even in the midst of the darkness that you're in right now, if you'll have that shout of faith in your life, he said, you will allow me to manifest the miracle. There is a weight of death over our nation and other nations of the world right now. And the enemy is saying, I've got them where I want them. It's no use. There's no use to go to the house of the Lord on Sunday. There, why in the world, preacher? Can I tell you, I've been beat up so bad in my, in my mind by the spirit of the enemy. Well, there's no use to go back to a Sunday night. There's no use for this. and there's, Nobody desires that. Listen, it, it's all negative, negative, negative. <coughs> but the Lord would keep burning in my spirit. Are you going to walk by faith? Are you going to walk in obedience to what I'm speaking? Are you going to be in obedience to my word? When you see this day approaching, assemble yourself the more so. Or, or, or are you going to be in obedience to my word? And I said, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to shout a shout of faith. Can I tell you when Jairus and Jesus arrived, they was already wailing and crying. Oh, she's dead. But in just a few moments, didn't take long, just a few moments. He looked at Jairus and said, get all those people out of your house. 
get all that junk out of your house. What he was simply saying is cut away the flesh. Same thing that Joshua had heard. You got to circumcise this group of men if you're going to take them into the promise. Just, just dry, get them out of the house. Peter, James, and John, come with me. Hear me. Darius and his wife, the disciples and Jesus, they walk in. He simply takes her by the hand. Didn't take long. But she was, she was lifted off of a bed of death. Not necessarily because Jesus was standing there. That's part of the equation. But while Jairus wasn't saying a word, his life was shouting a shout of faith. I wonder how loud your life is shouting this morning. I wonder how loud my life is shouting a shout of faith this morning. Please hear me. This never been more crucial than this time right now. If I can say that in my spirit that I know that I have heard the Lord just deposit a lot of things over the last week in my life. This is one of those things that you're at the dawning. You're at the dawning of the seventh day. Folks, we may have to walk just a little bit further. We may have to circle a few things a little bit more. But I'm not asking you to wait on a command from me this morning. But I'm instructing you that when you hear that still small voice in your life begin to say, shout. I want you to begin to shout. It may sound differently coming out of every individual. Some of you might shout exuberantly. Some of you might shout quietly. However, God made you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, the very thing that you're waiting to happen, God says it's going to happen, but it's only going to happen when you begin to shout in faith. There is a manifestation of the power and the anointing of God that's coming back to the church in America. But this morning, at the dawning of the seventh day, don't be weary in well-doing. But know this, if you'll shout, there's a wall that'll fall down. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.